All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Michael Burnoff. Michael is a speaker, successful author, and a results coach who has the powerful ability to tap into virtually anyone's motivation strategy, building charisma, influence, and connection. He's a master practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming, otherwise known as NLP. He's known for showing people how to get results, increase their lifestyle, and improve their physical health and confidence. Michael's passion is to share his communication and transformation strategies with others. And in this interview, we discuss why being average sucks and how you need to level up your average to achieve your dreams. We chat about goal setting, motivation, mindset hacks, stop holding yourself back, and so much more. This was the interview that helped me deal with some bullshit I've been using to stop myself achieving my bigger goals and leveling up my life. Partway through this, Michael actually sorts some issues I have live and you see him in action. He's not like most life coaches, he's a real and effective coach with the ability to really help you. I definitely want a round two with Michael and will be looking to take part in his call to action as I truly see this as a life-changing event and I encourage you to sign up for it too. The link is in the show notes and now let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm really impressed. Like I said to you earlier, when I initially saw your life coach, I thought, oh, here we go again. But you, I love your material. When I started reading into it, and actually I thought, you get it. You seem to understand yep. you know, where guys go wrong, how to fix it. And you actually get results, which is rare in the life coaching industry. But for people who don't know your name you know, and your awesome book, could you just give a little intro, You know, explain to the people listening who you are and why you're so successful? I could start as simple as this, Ian. I'm in a Michael Burnoff. I mean, we'll start there as my physical name, but that's not gonna that's not gonna move you as much as what we do. I mean, I own a company here in the States. It's a it's an organization that's called the Human Communications Institute, and we believe that communication is the most underdeveloped and underutilized asset that we have as human beings. So with everything going on in the world right now with from COVID to political unrest worldwide to divorce issues and family, everything. Communication, man, is nothing that we've been teaching ever. And um, we're an organization that believes that if you can master that, you can and accept the power of your own influence, you can do masterful things in this world. So life coach is, a, I guess, a cheap shortcut word to explain what we do. But at the end of the day, I'd consider myself as a person that helps people get what they want by I guess, unraveling what works in life and making their life work right. So there's the quick version of something I've been doing for almost 20 years. The coach 20 years ago was a guy with a whistle in their mouth when I first got started. Because that was the thing, though. I mean, I didn't consider what you did as life coaching. Nope. It did, you know, because when you see life coach, you get that initial kind of, oh, here we go, you know, like here that kind of namby pamby stuff. But you had this way of like, you start talking about averages and I thought, okay, this is interesting. Yep. And then you kind of really dialed into 
things I never really considered about the average of your approach to food, to business, yep. to friendship. That's the kind of stuff, or the the language and the communication towards food, towards business. And these were kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, you saw the food video, I can tell. Yeah, that's, that's a life changer. <laughs> and as I started diving deeper and deeper into it, I was thinking, this all makes sense. And I could see how people could understand this. But could you go into a little bit about, like, have you really kind of delved into people's childhoods to see how it affects how they shape them, their confidence, their approach to these things? Why we kind of fall into that comfort zone of our average of, yeah, I'll do. Yeah, I don't want to push it either side. Yep. Does it, you know, have you found a reason why most guys sit in the, the quiet life? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really simple and it happened by accident. And we can dig back, back as far as we want to go. I've helped everyone from college athletes and professional athletes that are stuck in a slump to relationship challenges to abuse and neglect to trauma to getting people over ticks and twitches. I've, I've done it all. And here's what happens. This is life. I'm going to explain it in a nutshell, Ian, so everybody can, everybody can hear this uh, effectively for themselves is everybody gets to a point in their life where they say never again. Like, I got to ask you, have you ever got there, Ian? Like, you ever said to yourself, never again? Like, how, first off, how'd you start the podcast? Like, you don't, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I can't wait to do a podcast. Like, how did you start this? Like, what were you doing prior? Oh, that was for me. It was never again in my set in a pub, bored up my brain, drinking, listening to the same conversations. Never yeah. again am I having the same, oh, let's just say, head case girlfriend. Yep. You know, I mean, there were so many never agains that came. So when you did a never again, this is what happens to all human beings. This is fascinating. This is the issue with most people's lives. The problem is you're doing well. This is most people's issue is even if they're doing not what they want, they're doing well. And the reason I say well is everyone gets to a point in their life where they say never again. And in that moment, what they do is they accept, hey, I'm not where I want to be. And then they dream for a second. Oh, I don't want to be in this crappy relationship, treated like crap with a psycho woman or psycho guy, right? Never again. And then you draw this picture in the distance of what you want. You don't really draw a plan on how you're going to get it. You just get excited that you want it. And then you live your life bouncing back between walls of here's what I don't want. You never go back again. Here's what I do want. This is what I'm aiming at. And you live in the middle. So what happens is it's all fine and dandy and groovy, as they said in the 70s. Um, it's all wonderful for years. And then five years goes by and you're like, why am I not where I want to be? And you don't realize that five years ago, this would have been a great place to get to. Like you're, you're not with the psycho girl anymore. You're not making only hundred grand a year US dollars anymore. You're doing better than you used to do. Congratulations. But what happened is spur of the moment, randomly you decided to change your life and you didn't really think it through. So this is what happens for most people is you finally see it in business a lot and with people's bodies, they finally get a better life than the one they have. But unfortunately, it's not the one that they wanted. And then they get frustrated and stuck and they didn't realize, wait a second, I forgot to reset my average. I'm doing better than I used to do, but I'm not where I want to be. And that's where most people screw everything up. Because that was what really blew me away. Because I didn't want to kind of lead you into that or anything like that. Because when you first said that, it was like this sort of epiphany of like, holy shit, that's, you know, it, it made sense. Because I was making the affiliate sales but not yep. a lot. I was getting some great guests, but then I wasn't sure how to promote it. I was kind of like living a better life because I was speaking to all these amazing guys like yourself. But then I was like, nope, I wasn't resetting it. I was still the old Ian hanging on, just doing, excelling in some bits. Yep. 
So could you go into a little bit about what, like, when you mean the term averages, yep. how do you mean that in terms of it? And how do we use these to kind of shape our lives or, you know, the invisible scripts that we live our life by? Yep. I mean, this is what most people don't recognize. So I read a book called Average Sucks. And it's funny because we live in this egotistical world with a lot of people. Are, oh, you're right. Damn straight, man. Average sucks. You're right, man. You need a Lamborghini, Ferrari. And I'll humor those people. And then when they start reading the book, they're like, wait a second. He's talking about me. He's calling me average. And I don't think any human being is average. What I do believe is that we live our average on a regular basis. So if I were to take anyone listening to this right now, entrepreneur, work for someone, help them build their company, mom, dad, sister, brother, anybody hearing this for whatever reason, everybody has an average. You have an average of about what you make every year. You have an average about how many times you work out, how many times you have sex a year. Like if you looked at your year, you have about an average of everything we do, give or take five or 10%. So here's what's crazy. The average person could sit on their ass for six months, do nothing. And the last six months of the year, get back to where they were the year prior because that's what they're set at. So what happens is I'll watch people do this because and a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this, very entrepreneurial, correct? That are going to yep. be listening to this show. So you go into business for yourself. You say, oh, I want to prove a point. I want financial freedom. I want to be my own boss. And then a decade later in business, they're making a million bucks a year. They're barely getting by, but they are their own boss. They are... Um, they got financial freedom, kind of, right? And nobody could tell them what to do. The problem is they forgot to reset themselves and to build a profitable company that helps them have a lifestyle. They forgot about that, but they got the freedom and they forgot what they wanted. So when I talk about this is we build boxes for ourselves. And how in-depth do you want me to go with this? Because I, I could take the listener right now to a place where they can literally see and feel and understand that feeling they get, why it is that they're willing to do this and not willing to do that. How deep do you want me to go down? Yeah, go for it. Because that's one of the other things I want to know is like, why do we enjoy that comfort zone, that feeling of, yeah, that's okay. You know, why, like the yep. about fear and everything. Because I mean, it'll probably answer a no lot of questions. Thing, no such thing is fear, man. Fear is a misrepresentation of an emotion we don't understand. We've been sold a bunch of nonsense. Fear is a way of explaining you're about to do something that you're not that comfortable with that you don't have a pattern or program for. And because of that, your brain sends in an emotion that we call fear, but it really is just an uncertainty that we have with our current situation. So we got to be really clear the difference between fear and I haven't been there before because a Navy SEAL walking into battle does not fear the seal, feel the same fear of my grandma walking on the battlefield. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally different yeah. animal. So I mean, that's another example of why one. It was the fact that you looked at like what people have about what they actually want, and you know, there was just so much great stuff there. And this is why I was so keen to get you on was yep. I the like ideas like that. So yeah, go as deep as you want because I love this sure. stuff. So here's what happens: everyone listening right now got to a point in their life where they said never again. I don't care. You got picked on in school, never again. You're dating someone you don't want, and never again. So like I said, you build a wall behind you that says never go again. And you mean it. Like, I'm never going to make under six figures again. I'm never going to, I'm never going to go back to a PC again. I'm a Mac person now. I spent three grand on a computer. That's who I am, right? Never again am I going to struggle. And you mean it, which is really great. And then you build a wall in front of you of here's what I want. And it's crystal clear. You can see through it. And on the other side of the wall is everything you want. You don't actually get it. You just want it. And that's a big difference. Like difference between wanting it and getting it. To the right of you, you build, and this is interesting, if you hold up your right hand and you remember this, our need to be right is to facilitate an identity. So here's most people's identity in this world. You have the identity of a person that wants this, doesn't want that, 
And there's your identity. And like, how do you explain yourself at dinner parties? At dinner parties, who are you? I'm the guy that wants to be a millionaire. I'm a guy that used to settle in relationships. I'm the guy that that's working and building a business. You don't actually get what you want. You build it. So to the right of you, you got your identity. And to the left, this is what's fascinating, is you acquire people to be in your script and in your play, right? So you get human beings, friends and families and relatives and books and people and mentors and courses. You get the appropriate amount of people to remind you of who you are. Some piss you off and excite you. Some motivate you and encourage you. And some just to remind you, you're Ian, you're Michael. This is who you are. You don't actually get what you want, but you're the guy that's on your way to one day getting there, but you don't actually get it. Most people don't realize that our relationships, our identity, our wants and our dislikes are called our average. And that's a box that we live in. The question is, did you really think it through or were you pissed off one night in a drunken stupor and you got mad and said, I'm done with this shit. And you said you were going to change it. And most people pick the life they want in a moment they're pissed off. And I'm going to tell you, both our cultures where we're from, you and I can <laughs> have to get pissed, right? Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> that stereotype, right? Well, I mean, so where do you find that comes from? I mean, where do you find the acceptance for that comes from? Is it that we are brought up in a society where we're taught not to do X, Y, Z? Is it parental? Is it environmental? No, it's it's human. It's, it's this. Here's why we don't do it. Because in order to become a millionaire, if you make 100 grand a year, you need to admit that what you have is not good enough. And it's painful to your current identity. Remember, your identity is necessary. So we do things that are constant to our current way of thinking. So if you see yourself as, oh, okay, I'm, I'm Michael and I'm a guy that wants to make 10 million and I only make one, but one day I'll make 10. In order to make 20, you need to make your current goals not good enough. And that's scary. Like, do you know that, uh, I'll give it this way. This is a good way to look at it, right? You ever look at your bank account? We all do this. You look at your bank account and it's like, God, where does it all go? If you ever, I've said that before. You ever said that? What the hell? Where does it all go? All the time. Or you look at your watch and go, where did the time go? Or like you look at your neighbor, you look on Facebook, go, what the hell? They're in the same business I'm in. They got a Ferrari, a beach house. Well, what are they doing? I'm not doing. Or you look down at your, your waist and it's like you could squeeze a couple pounds. I got a little extra there. You feel a little bit bad, right? So here's the problem people have. They don't realize that there's a disconnect between your brain and your body actually doing things. So your body's trying to get your attention. It's like, look, man, hey, yo, I'm trying to show you stuff. You see this Ferrari, you see the beach house, you see that love life. Hey, look at this show. See how in love they are? You should have that too. So what happens is when you look at your bank account and it's not where you want it to be and you feel depressed, that depression, your body wants you to feel that because it's saying, listen, asshole, hey, you, I'm trying to get your attention. You're not hearing me. Yo, you, hey, you, um, you need to change. I'm poking you. You're not hearing me. Don't tolerate this change. Or when you're jealous because your neighbor's doing better, that's telling you, you could do it too. Go ask them. Or that extra 10 pounds on your body, you should be thrilled it's there. That is your built-in trainer saying, time to work out. Most people don't recognize is we're misreading the messages that we're getting and we're learning to tolerate. Like you ever, you ever drank a bunch? I don't drink anymore, but you ever drank so much you got a hangover? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has at some point. I was about to say, pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yesterday, right? And um, what's <laughs> interesting is, you know why hangovers there? It's a very simple reason. Because you were a moron last night. That's why a hangover's there. It's not there to beat. So you're not, well, I'll have two glasses of water in between. I'll have some zinc and I'll have some carbon and uh, it'll, it'll make it better. Or like, that's what I'll do. It's ridiculous. Charcoal and water. 
The reason you got a hangover is you were an idiot last night. You drank too much. Accept it. Don't do that again. But what most people do is they try to beat it. And this is the crazy part Ian people are doing is they're trying to live by what their parents told them. Work hard, push your way through the wall and you'll get through it. And this is where you get a bloody head, a bloody shoulder, burnt out and quitters in this world. That's not how you get what you want. Well, because I interviewed a guy called Brent Smith. I think okay. it was like my second ever interview. And he, very American, Brent Smith. I like it. <laughs> well, the what he talked about um, was the first time I ever heard it was the idea of changing your story. You know that yep, you just, if you didn't like the story about yourself, you could just change it. And I always imagined like our personalities were ingrained, and you know you couldn't do a change from X to Y without some amazingly deep and you know, really hurtful kind of transformation or really, you know, yeah. like major steps. But he was like, no, you just can change it. You know, do you agree with that kind of thing that we tell ourselves a story that we can't be the guy that's there? Is that a way of hiding from our ego that we can kind of justify it to ourselves that, oh, they really cheat on their taxis. That's why they've got a better car than me. Oh, that guy's just lucky. You know, are, is that the sort of damaging things that guys do is we use like this kind of language where we try to, you know, teach to, to, to lessen the burden of actually saying, no, we could be that person. We could go get it, but it's easier just to go ah, Well, he's yep. jammy, he's fluky, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, so bottom line is your identity is your story. And when you go to bed at night, we have all the intentions in the world of, of changing our lives. You, you change your story. Oh man, tomorrow, like changing your story is, Hey, tomorrow morning, I'm going to work out. Right. I work, I work out next to a gym where the greatest uh, MMA fighters in the world train. Right. I don't know how much you're familiar with all that, but they all train next door. Right. And what's interesting is they've got a story of how they live their lives of what's going to happen. So a person says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to exercise. That's going to be my difference. That's my difference maker. That's my identity, right? I'm going to change that. And you go to bed, you wash your face, you get ready for bed and you take off your current script of who you were today and you put it over what you're going to do tomorrow. And you wake up in the morning, and go, who do I want to be today? And the first thing you see is who you were yesterday. It's not because you're lazy. It's because it's comfortable and that's what it is that you want. So the gentleman Brent yet on, it, it makes sense to change your story. I'm also going to tell you in order to change your story, there's this wall in front of you. What do you do when you got a wall? Well, you got a few options. You can build a ladder. You can outgrow the wall and step on over it, which I think is genius. That's what personal development is all about. That's what my book average sucks, which I highly recommend everybody get. You can get anywhere in the world um, to get the book. But also um, you have to ask for help. And that's one of the things you want to get over the wall. You've got to ask for help. And most people are not good at asking for help, not good at admitting they're not where they want to be. Um, they, they've they sold themselves that things are okay with where they're at. And they've got a story and they're, they love their story because, man, what a great story this is going to be, how I'm going to pull it off. It's not that attractive. Like, hey, here's Jim. He took a course. He read something in a book and he got better and he changed his life. That's not as sexy as... His brother got shot and his brother got beat up and he had all these problems and all these issues and he finally got over it. It's like we're waiting for drama so Spielberg can come make a movie about us instead of saying, wait a second, I want to get good at bowling. I'll take a class on bowling. I'll get better at bowling and I'll be better than most people. Most people don't get it. So how quickly can somebody change? Now, I've always been looking at these some courses and they're like six weeks, two months. And then there's Brent Smith, um, yep. saying you could do it almost instantly. You yep. just change what you identified. Yep. Which way do you lean? 
and uh, do it immediately. Change. Everyone changes their life immediately when they're ready. And like, let's let's play with this real quick. Tell me an area of your life you love to shift. Um, just now, I'd like to do the podcast full time, but currently working as well. Okay, very good. So your current identity is a guy that de- delivers an incredible podcast, but also delivers an incredible job at work. Correct. Mm, maybe not use incredible, but well, if, if, you, if you're if your employer's listening or your we have to make sure to do oh, that, right? But um, best in the world, the best in the world, the world renowned in what we do. Okay, so you love to do this full time. That's a big step, correct? So my mm. question is, if you do that, how are things different if you do that? I mean, at the moment, I'm living both lives separately. I'm having to alternate between the two, but they merge together. And it would be, I could just eliminate that. What I feel is like a pretense version of myself. Okay. So you got a job that pays the bills, correct? Yeah. And the language you have around it is, I'm not enjoying this as much as I should. I want to do the podcast full time. I want to get out of this and get rid of my job, correct? Yeah. I mean, I like the work and all that, but it's the podcast is where I get my true joy from. Very good. So have you ever considered that your job and your work is your venture capitalist to help you build your business? Have you ever really thought of it that way and use that exact terminology that this is my venture capitalist that is going to invest in me to allow me to build this podcast? Have you looked at it that way? Because I'm just going to ask you to think about that. If it was a one-year venture capitalist that's going to pay you what you make as a salary for a year, how would you allocate those funds? I mean, I have looked at in terms of this is my business, this is you know to pay the bills, and then this would allow me to fund you know the Lisbon, the whole thing. Literally, if you were to say your job is your venture capitalist, that's all it is. It requires some time, it delivers money, and it is funding your podcast. Do you look at it that way? At end times, not always. It's what like two you, different entities. What if you literally said it was all one? Listen, for the next year, my podcast is being funded by this wonderful company that is paying bills and allowing me to do this. If you looked at it that way and you gave it a time frame, and this is the part people don't recognize is you don't have to change because you got this thing working right now. And the thing is, you love the illusion of one day you could do it. The problem is, if you were to go full time, there's a possibility you may not be able to pull it off. Am I correct? There's a possibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it scares you that possibility, doesn't it? Oh, that's, I think that's what stops a lot of people doing anything. Okay. So let me ask you this question Do you have a lot of experience with doing a podcast all by itself with no other job? No. Okay, so you're asking yourself to do something you've never done before. Mm -hmm. So of course it's uncomfortable, correct? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Is it that you can't do it or is it that you're not ready yet? It's the fear of, you know, how to fund it and all that kind of stuff. But it's, yeah, I've never done it before. Okay, very good. So um, who says you have to do the podcast full time? No, it's just uh, one of those sort of, it's like you're saying it's the want rather than what's achievable or. So do you want to do the podcast full time or is it that you don't want the job anymore? I'm not entirely sure to be honest because I quite enjoy both, but the podcast is definitely the the, prefer- the preferable one. I would like to do it full time. 
Okay. So do you know that if you quit your job, you'll be very stressed out. And when you get really stressed out, you'll be worried and your podcast will not go as well. You understand that, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, what if uh, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself and just say, hey, I'm going to build this thing up. I'm going to find a way to do it. I don't need to quit my job. I'm going to build it up. So I have no time to go back to my job. So have you ever thought about, I'm going to find a way to get so busy with the podcast that I can't afford to do my job anymore. Have you ever looked at it that way? I've kind of done that with all my free time, but I've never looked, I've never actually identified it as such. Okay. How would that change things if you did? I definitely like that way of thinking because that's definitely a kind of, it's putting, it's identifying and putting a label to an action rather than just doing it. So here's the issue that we have as human beings. Let's just say you quit the job. What are you working, 40 hours a week? Something like that. Okay. You quit your job. How many hours a week you do the podcast? If I quit it, well, all the time. Okay, all the time? Well, <laughs> I'd be sleeping, eating, and chatting, but bye. Okay, I got it. But what, about 20 hours a week, 30 hours a week? Something like that, yeah. Okay. What would you do with the rest of your time if you got rid of the job? I mean, there's all the sorts of, there's the, you know, interviewing guests, the research and all that kind of stuff. So I suppose all that kind of things. Okay. All right. And, and uh, courses and networking and connecting and things cool. like that. I just want to get that data. I'll have an answer before the end of the show. I just needed to pick up that little bit of backstory from you and we'll talk a little more. So mm -hmm. here's my recommendation. Don't do it full time. Don't do it anytime soon. And the reason why I'm going to say don't do it anytime soon is you really want to. So I'm going to recommend for the next couple of weeks, you tell yourself, I have no interest in doing this full time at all. And I'm going to just do my job. I'm going to do this part time. And I'm going to live with that for a little bit. The problem is you're what's called reverse polarity. Do you know what that means? No. When you tell you you can't do something, if I said to you, you'll never get this listed as a number one podcast, what does that make you do, Ian? It actually makes me go negative because I immediately go, yeah, you're probably right. And it seems like a family trait, unfortunately. Very good. So the reason I bring this up with reverse polarity is you tell somebody that they can't do something and they go the opposite. So it's a, you're not going to be able to make this work. So if I could build you up and we could make it a fantasy to do. So what if I said that your job right now, the reason the podcast is here, it's to build a part of you that it's time to build up. It's here to build your confidence because you seem like a very confident guy. But if you were more confident, would you be doing different things with your podcast? Yeah, definitely. So is this a job, a quitting issue, or a confidence challenge? It's definitely a confidence at the moment. I feel like it work because you're, you know, it's automatic, you know the role, yep. but because you're paid to do it, you bring your A game. Yep. Whereas whether it's your personal side of things, you kind of go, yep. like you're saying, it's the average. It'll do. It's, you know, it's you don't bring the same level of attitude and gumph as you would if it was your full-time gig, so to speak. Got it. So, you, so the podcast still hasn't seen the full version of you, correct? I definitely not, no. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd say I hold back uh, tall, six how, foot. Okay. Uh, six foot three. Six three. Okay. I'm six foot six. A guy says to me years ago, how tall are you, Michael? I said, I'm uh, I said, I'm six foot six. He goes, why don't you start acting like it? I said, oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. So you live in your life about five foot five? Probably. I'm definitely hiding in the shadows. I've always been quite shy and I identified as depressed and all that kind of stuff. But I'm realizing now the, the I'm so, realizing now the bullshit behind that would do while doing the podcast. I love it. So this is great. We're getting it out there on the air and anyone can relate to all of this stuff. Here's the deal. If you got the podcast going, you would be vulnerable to the world and be responsible for making it work. Currently, 
you don't have to be successful with the podcast and it doesn't have to work. It's just a fun little project you're working on, correct? And helping a lot of people. Definitely. Yeah. Very good. So you're not ready to be fully responsible yet, are you? No, it's it's easy to hide in the case of, ah, it doesn't need to go out. Ah, it come. Great. So this is your average. And that's fantastic. I love this. This is great. So keep on asking, hold that thought, live with that for a minute. And by the time we're done, we're going to have a solution here by the time we're done today for you and everyone else listening. Yeah, sounds good. But you want the answer now, don't you? No, I, I was just uh, thinking it, all makes, it does make a lot of sense because it's something I have thought about recently was how when I do come to these, like the, the approach to these things, I always feel like I'm holding back. Like there's a certain level of me that's so just sitting there. Kennedy is a guy. If I were to ask, if I were to like, like if I got got on Facebook and I downloaded your algorithms, Instagram, whatever you're on, TikToks, whatever, Twitters, LinkedIn's, everything, and I downloaded your life story, the life story would be, here is a guy that has a dream that is totally capable that one day will get there. That's your story, correct? Mm -hmm. So for me, in the opening of my book, I tell an interesting story. I, I don't know how big in your part of the world ice hockey is, but I grew up playing ice hockey being from North America, right? And ice hockey is a game that I played as a kid and I got out there. I could have been anybody I want. All jobs are available. Forward, defense, no different than football, soccer, right? Forward, defense, center, all available, right? Goalie. Mm -hmm. Well, I got out there and I was uncomfortable and nervous and scared little kid. So I just played defense. I was a big guy. I hid behind. I could hit you, right? Even I didn't do that that great. And I spent my whole life never scoring goals. I could shoot hard, but I never scored. I played all through high school and I loved it. Stopped in college, coached kids in my 30s, picked it up again. I'm about 40 years old. I'm sitting there at 40 years old and I get out there to play and I pass the puck and I play decently. And then one day I look, I go, wait a second. How come I don't score any goals? I've never, I've scored like five goals my entire life total. Like I played so much hockey and I've never scored goals. Why don't I score? And then I realized, well, that's not my script. I don't score goals. That's not what I do. And then I asked myself a question. Who do I know that scores? I remember this kid I went to hockey camp with, this kid Jack. And Jack, you know what he did? He put the puck past the goalie. I never thought about that as my plan. As silly as that sounds, I wanted to score goals. He just put the puck where the goalie wasn't. Wasn't. Silly as that sounds. So the next shift I went out and I said, you know what? Let me do what he would do. And I shot the puck, put the puck in the net. I said, that's interesting. And then over the next couple of weeks, I started scoring a goal a game, then a couple goals a game. And I started rewiring my identity. Three years later, I score goals all the time, two, three goals every single game. I'm playing with better people than I played with when I was a kid. I literally changed what my story is. So currently, no different than this Brent guy that you spoke with, your current reality, like everybody's, is one day I'll get there. And that's what I'll do. And we love that story. We love that framing for our lives because it gives us the current reality we have. The challenge is we have carnage in our lives. But here's the difference what I'm going to explain. Instead of writing the story, what's on the other side of the wall? So instead of asking yourself this question. How old are you right now, Ian? Yeah, 37. Okay, 37 years old. I'm, we're about the same age. I'm 42. I'm on a podcast that's got Brad months ago. And I said, Brad, what are you going to do? And he's like, it's a COVID thing. I got to restart my life and blah, blah, blah. And he's thinking he's 46 years old. And he's like, he's thinking like a 24-year-old, like the guy that started his business. And then I ask this question. Ian, what is a 37-year-old guy that has a podcast that has had incredible guests on 
that is really, really great at his job, that's traveled around the world, that's invested with people, that's done this, that's read that, that's learned things he's learned in his life, what can that guy do? And my question is, when is the last time you've let who you are today, the guy that got out of relationships he shouldn't have been in, the guy that did fitness things that most people haven't done, the guy that read books, the guy that's done stuff, the guy that had the courage to get me on this podcast today and reach out and ask, what can that 37-year-old man do? The problem is you're trying to make decisions as like an 11-year-old boy. I could never get my book done. Average sucks, dude. Nine years. I couldn't ask me why I couldn't get the book done. Hey, go ahead and ask me. And just ask why couldn't I get the book done? Just so why do you think you couldn't get the book done? You know why? Because I wasn't an author. The other reason I couldn't get done is a nine-year-old boy was trying to write the book. A kid with attention deficit issues, a kid that had insecurities, a kid that wasn't good asking for help, and a, and a grown man that was gonna figure it out. And I was gonna figure it out on my own, and I was gonna do it. And then one day I looked in the mirror and go, wait a second. What does a 42, 41-year-old man do that's traveled around the world, spoken to over a million people about what he does in 20 years, hundreds of thousands of people taking his programs, he's made $75 million in sales doing what he does. What can that guy do? And you know what that guy did? He actually asked his wife for help. Over the next day, I said, hey, Deborah, will you, will you help me with this? I, I'd like you to read this and give me your feedback. Why wouldn't I ask her? She knows how to finish things. I was just avoiding asking for help. Four days later, the publisher gets the book. And right now, I mean, we've sold 8,000 copies of the book and uh, it's first six weeks out. The reason I'm bringing it up to you is, and people love it, they're finishing it. It's incredible. I want you to ask yourself a question. Which story are you playing? And for me, who's running your life? Is it an outdated Ian or is it the current Ian? Who's really making the decisions? It's really funny because before I found your stuff, I actually was wondering, was I felt like my old childhood yep. self, the one that got bullied, the shy one, yep. the one that was in awe of my older brother who was more outgoing. You know, I actually I felt I could identify habits and go, geez, that's from X, Y, Z, or that's from that issue or that thing. And that kind of hit home. And then when I noticed you talking about that in an, an episode when I researched you, I thought, oh, that's interesting because that's what I feel like. Like I sometimes feel at work like I'm sitting here going to get caught out. Like I'm the, like it's going, what the hell am I doing here? Even though I've got years of experience and I'm, you know, I've done this job for a year, uh, like experience and stuff. I still feel like the the 18 year old who's just starting and everybody else is much more experienced. It's, it's a weird way, but yeah. And then I think you kind of like made it, made me understand that when I listened to you, well, your experience of it. And I definitely feel like I'm the bullied version of myself, the little kid who always wanted more but never knew how to go about it, lives my life on a daily basis. And I think that's why I kind of live in the shadows or can always hold myself back at some Are point. you still that guy anymore? Or not? Is that you or are you playing the part of that guy? Definitely playing the role of it at the moment. It's the, the comfortable one to fall into. Okay. So up till now, you've lied to yourself, correct? Oh, yeah. But we don't use that terminology with ourselves. Say you change your life. You say up till now, like it's kind of funny. I, I work with a lot of alcoholics, right? And I always say there's a 12-step program. Well, step 13 is to say I spent years of my life living the way I didn't want to live. That's step 13. Put it in the past. So here's the question. Up till now, I've been playing smaller than I needed to. Over the next few months, I'm going to start playing bigger in different areas. If you started languaging yourself that way, you understand how it's going to change things? Up till now, I've put this podcast thing on the back burner up till now, I've told myself, I don't know when I'm going to go full time. 
currently I'm going to find ways to get very serious about that. When you start languaging your nervous system, see, everything comes down to how do we store information in our head based on timelines, past, present, and future. So right now, you want to say up till now, which puts it in the past, I've had challenges with really taking this seriously. Currently, I'm finding ways to build more confidence and get this done. So in the future, I'm doing this full time. Do you understand the timeline there? It's like you got this mumble jumble timeline because of psychological trauma you've had in your life. So it's like somebody came in and dumped all your dominoes on the floor and they're unorganized or your cards, right? Pick them up, mm-hmm. put them in order. In the past. You're getting this, buddy. You're getting it, aren't you? It makes so much sense. And it was like I was kind of chipping away and seeing it, but then you're kind of like taking it and organizing it and making sense of it. And this is why I think what you're doing, it's like so I was just blown away by what you're doing because I was like, fuck, that actually can't help. Like, you know, I just got to go, whoa. And I, I did get deep into it. I was like, Jesus, this is awesome. Like, and I, I've blown up other people by going oh yeah it's good stuff and hmm. but your stuff is like okay fuck this is um, i wouldn't mind going to this like you know and find out more about it because yeah. i mean you t- i don't know if you've taken call to action yet take my program i'm giving away free right now you just go to the the action you or anybody i'm giving away five days live with me i mean literally working on this stuff that's literally people that are not where they want to be. So it's theactioncall.com. I don't care if you're from a Kiwi. I don't care if you're Australian. It doesn't matter if you're from London, Scotland, Russia, Congo. It doesn't matter anywhere in the United States, Canada. We work with everybody. As long as you're not where you want to be and you got somewhere else you want to be, I can help you. And do you see this in everybody? I mean, is when Everyone. you speak to your clients, Everyone. do you see that sort of core like little child version of themselves hidden away are people you know do you see a lot of fakeness in the confident people do do, do me a favor right now i want you to say this out loud i can't see you physically but i want everyone to doing this that listen to, to do this say this in the past i have not taken this podcast as seriously as i needed to i want you to say that in the past i've definitely not taken this podcast as serious as i could or should Okay, then I want you to say currently I'm going to work on ways of becoming more confident with it. Well, I am currently working on ways to become more confident with it. Did you feel your eyes start to shift? Yeah. You felt it, didn't you? Your eyes shifted, didn't they? The reason is you store the past in your brain in a specific place. You store the current right in front of you. We need to tell ourselves who's running our lives. Currently, I'm finding more and more ways to take this more seriously. So then your brain goes, God, that must be important. Put that in the front file. Past. Hide that shit. You getting this? Because hmm. remember, it was, was it up and left when you access your yep. brain. Yo, you're, say, an L- you're an NLP guy. I like it. Uh, yeah. I remember that thing where they were saying that if you're walking and feeling, you know, like in your head, you're going negative, look up to the horizon because you can't go into the past by looking, you know, your eyes have to go down to access memories. I can't, I can't remember. It was yeah. something really up, interesting. Up to, right, I thought, oh. up to the right is recalling, up to the right is, is creating new feelings. Up to the left is remembering good memories, right? So if you want to remember where you left your keys, you look up to the left. Look down. To the right is kinesthetic. It's feeling oriented. Look down to the left is your digital auditory. And then back and forth is, um, is, your, verbal, is your verbal cues. But the point, you're going to memorize a song. 
you look up to left and then you turn your head to the left uh, centered. It, it's where we store all our information. But on top of that, there's past, present and future. So we need to say, man, I have trouble working out. I say, look, dipshit, you don't have trouble working out. You can't speak for your future. You're not God. Stop it. You can't. You could say up till now, I've had trouble working out in the past. And currently I'm working on getting better at it. That is how you relanguage your life. Boom. Communication. Start there. Everything changes. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. How do we sort of implement that? I mean, is it a case of the low-hanging fruits? We start the little things, or do you go for the big hitters, that big bits? That depends on what you want, dude. Most people go for the big so they can fail, so they can validate the reality and stay where they're at. You remember that thing, I, the video I put out about food? Remember that language thing I did mm -hmm. um, about losing weight? Did you catch that video? I'm trying to think. I watched. I watched so many recently. I think so. I think it was the the way that they had the the language he used about was it comfort eating or yeah, nutrition, entertainment, and addiction. The second you call food what it is, and you go because as long as you call it food, that's McDonald's food you made at home, your mother's cheesecake. I don't know if you have cheesecakes where you live, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It's all the different things that we eat, right? And they're all they all have different values. Broccoli. And McDonald's, they're not the same, okay? Not a, not, a, not a chance. One's really good for you, one's not. So the second you're about to eat, if you look at it as a relationship, see, that's what most people don't recognize. They don't realize food is a relationship. If you're gonna put it inside of you for years, you should probably know where it's from, what its intentions are with you. So I ask the question, what are your intentions with me? Okay, what's your name? Well, my name is Nutrition, great. What are your intentions with me? To get you to live a long time and feel good. What's, what's your name? I'm entertainment. So if you eat a whole bag of Doritos, um, that's entertainment, okay? That's fine. You eat two bags, that's addiction. So what you need to realize is what are you labeling this? And most people don't recognize we don't label things effectively. You go to the drive-in. You got drive-ins out there, drive-through drive, drive food, where you drive into like some crappy food you shouldn't eat. You got that out by you? Well, uh, well in the Highlands, no, but in Glasgow, every street. Yeah, Glasgow, you got you got your McDonald's and your taco, but your, your crap mm. that we have, right? Food you shouldn't eat. And um, it's called food poisoning, I call it. So you drive in and you say, can I have food? So you say, oh, you know, it's, this is semi-healthy. You call it semi-healthy. Your brain labels it as healthy. And then you think that's what you're supposed to be eating. And this is where most people go wrong. We've got to just really ask ourselves, are we using our language as effectively as possible? Are you bad at bowling or you have not made it a priority? Are you lazy about your podcast or you really haven't gotten as serious as you needed to yet? Call it what it's supposed to be called and you'll be amazed how you can recalibrate it. Start anywhere. Yeah, because I'm very interested in the way that like we always kind of identify, you know, it's like humans love telling a story. So we had to identify it by making it personal to kind of understand it, but we actually then beat ourselves up where we're not actually looking at it as a, you know, like a positive yep. or a, a confidence way of doing it. And yeah, that's really interesting the way you, you, you kind of shaped it. So how do we 
work on like the internal thoughts you know like the the thoughts that come in you know the internal chart that we have how do we catch the language we're using you know what kind of keywords should we be i I like the first thing i do is i put things i just start within the past in the the past i've had a challenge with attention and i'm currently working on it and i i like to start there you got to talk i'm not good enough you know in the past i've thought i'm not good enough and i just literally pass that stuff off so and I'm going to tell you, that is one of the greatest places to start. As simple as that is, I got 100,000 other ideas. You could change the vocals in your head. You could change the tone. You could do a bunch of stuff. But if you're not willing to do what I said, it's like Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off, karate kid. And I know you remember that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to teach you anything else. And that's where I start with people. My book explains so many techniques. Part of it is taking responsibility for your language. So let me ask you a question. Do you look at this podcast as your responsibility to get this information because do you know people are hurting in this world oh yeah definitely do you believe that it is your responsibility to do your part yeah and i feel like even though at the moment i still feel like i'm asking people for the answers to help me as much as other people but i don't feel like i'm giving it out to everybody if you know what i mean like i feel like i'm one of the the people seeking the help currently you're being mildly selfish am i correct oh definitely and i think i feel that way sometimes but do you language it that way currently i'm being selfish like do you even say that to yourself it's not to be it's it's, take the emotion out of it currently i'm being selfish and i'm not sharing my goods with the world and i'm currently playing smaller than i need to do you really talk that clinical with yourself because if you do you could change your life you could go oh my god i beat myself up i'm not good enough i'm such a loser then you're going to believe it. But if you get clinical and go, okay, I'm going to step out of this. How would an outsider see what's going on? Well, here's what an outsider, because you remember when you started the podcast, you just wanted to have a podcast. That's why you started it. I mean, that's the only reason yeah. you did it. You didn't start it so it could be world renowned. You started to have one and you hoped it would be good. And it's great. So congratulations. But you forgot to update your plan. Because like, I, mean, I think a lot of times I'm sitting there thinking, well, that kind of questions are really for scratching my own itch. You know, I kind of talk about it in terms of, I, I try to put a positive slant on it, but there are times I think, am I not doing as good an interview as I could because I am focused on my area, my perceived slights, my problems to focus on? And yeah, it's definitely something that's come across, is how can you avoid bringing your own personal needs in when you're trying to serve an audience? Well, let me ask you a question. What does the word selfish mean to you? Mm, I would say it's definitely got the, the negative connotation of you're just doing it, you know, your own feeding your own needs over the needs of others. So are you a selfish guy? I would like to think not, no. Of course not. So you're playing the wrong part. So basically up till now, I've been more selfish than I need to. Let's change the chord right now. Let's do it together. What does the audience need to hear? What do you think they want to hear right now? How can we help them? I think they, this, they need to hear and a live example of seeing it. They're doing it right now, which is great. Because uh, people need to see how it's done. You know, it's easy to read it and say, oh, that technique's great. But they need to actually see an example, I feel. Like, you know, that's why I like going so deep with a yep. lot of these kind of questions because the surface level doesn't help. You need to actually yep. feel or see the proper technique and the, the pros and cons. And I think... Do you believe that you have an unorganized timeline in your brain that sometimes you act like a nine-year-old, sometimes you act like a 37-year-old and you get confused? Oh, daily. Okay, great. Own it. But you never thought of it like that before, did you? 
not until I started reading up on your stuff. Very good. So currently, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to be organizing my timeline. I spent a large portion of my life in the past acting like a 12 year old and that's okay. Currently right now I'm working on being 37 and by the time I'm 40, I'll be living my full life. That's great. Next few years, I've got this thing. It's a totally different animal, isn't it? Learning to take the emotion out of it and then add the emotion when you need it. So how then do we take out the the emotion when it's, because I used to have a problem with really bad jealousy. Okay. When I broke up with exes, I could remember feeling like the, you know, the worst pain in the world. And then I remember reading about Paul McKenna, where he was on about taking the image in your head, removing the color, shrinking yep. it, putting, you know, putting it black and white. Yep. And that sort of stuff, it was that blew me away because I just thought that was I was stuck with these feelings until I kind of could overcome them. But actually understanding to remove the emotion. But what other tricks would you use? Well, I'm gonna take Paul, I'm gonna take Paul's entire program or anyone that teaches any of that stuff. I'm gonna summarize it in three words: pictures, sounds, and feelings. Everything in our lives is categories as pictures, sounds, and feelings. Okay. So what I mean by that is that in your brain, you have a picture of the ultimate podcast in your brain, correct? Mm -hmm. You have words associated with it, which have feelings. The second you change any of those three things, things shift. Like I say to people, they say, Michael, I'm divorced. And I say, okay, um, that sucks. When did that happen? They said, oh, five years ago. Okay, great. So you're actually single or you're not. But divorced is a legal term. Currently, you have a different relationship with that same person. Is that correct? That's very true, isn't it? Mm -hmm. When somebody dies, death is something we never get over. They don't come back. Are they dead? Or do we have a different relationship with that same person? Because when you lose somebody you love, you still have a relationship with them. It's different. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you look at it with rose-tinted specs, but yeah. So here's my question. Which one is more painful, death or the different relationship? Which is more painful? It's Which one? I would say death, but hmm. way more painful, correct? Nah, so when you change the language, it changes what's going on. So for me, for years, I had trouble working out. I tried to work out. I wanted to work out. I couldn't do it. I played hockey as a kid. I knew how to be in shape. I'd been an athlete. Why couldn't I work out? And then I remembered this when I was a kid, my initial reason for working out, remember everything comes back to the initial reason, right? I worked out to get in shape, to be tough, to defend myself, to impress women and be part of a team. 35 years old at the time I couldn't work out. Why? Cause I'm a married impressing women's not a good idea. Correct. Number two, beating people up at 35, not a good idea. I'm not 16 anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Number mm -hmm. three, I'm not on a team. So workout to me had a neural pathway, which meant that is something you talk about that you don't actually do. Then I signed up for a Spartan race and I found a new word called train. Training had no association in my brain. I like training. Training is working towards something. So Michael Burnoff trains for an effective life. Michael Burnoff never worked out ever again. Do you understand what I just did? I have a new word with a new association. When you change the word, you change the feeling. You getting this? Yeah, I, I like that because I've done that before where I've kind of changed the, the terminology I've used. 
I mean, I used to think I could never do like a sport like martial arts or stuff like that because I'd always be self-conscious. And now I'm a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Amazing. But, you know, but in my head, if I look back at that, Ian, from those years ago, you know, I'm like that grown up when I look at the jiu-jitsu. But I still sometimes pout if somebody taps me. I still sometimes can spend a weekend being really annoyed at something that happened there. Or, you know, and I'm going, what yeah. the hell is going on? And then I'll go into my job, my thirty, you know, like my, my really high paid job, dealing with really sort of sensitive and you know, confidential issues, and I'm like, how can I combine that two people? How can I be that sort, you know, or still be jealous or like because resentful? The, guy, the blue belt doesn't show up at work, correct? There's times where I'd hip throw certain people, but yeah, let's. <laughs> but does the blue belt show up in relationships, confident and strong and poised? Because to become a blue belt, if people don't know what that means. That is beyond a feat. I, um, you know, I work with a lot of Mark. Did you catch? Um, did you listen to Mike Goldberg at all on my podcast? The, the UFC guy. I don't know if you it, heard him. Um, it's I'm- on my list. I've got a heap of your episodes saved. I got through quite a few of them, okay. but you, you, you'll love him. And uh, Henry Zahuda, I'm going to have on soon too. I don't know if you know who Henry is. Um, he's phenomenal, uh, featherweight guy. And um, the point is, as a blue belt, what can that guy do? But most people don't recognize that we have many different parts of ourselves and the wrong version of us shows up at the wrong time. So your six-year-old boy shows up in relationships instead of your blue belt. It's kind of an issue, isn't it? Then sometimes you're the right. So we all have like four or five personalities that we have. I talk about this in my core strength event. And we have to use the right part of us at the right time to pull off what we need. It's all about transitions. So when we're going through this stage, how do you kind of monitor it how do you analyze it are there apps you use do you do you like you know chest data is this just like a personal kind of feeling like how you're, do we you're know over, you're overthinking the whole thing bottom line is definitely this. the second you change your life is you accept you're not where you want to be you look in the mirror and go fuck it i'm not where i want to be that's it you start there that's it literally as simple as that and i mean really mean it i'm not where i want to be congratulations up till now i have not lived in my life the way i want to live it and you just got to accept that. Number two is you got to answer the question, what do you want? Now, it's not about goal setting. It's literally, what do you want? And then you got to ask yourself the magic question, what price am I willing to pay? And that is the question you have not asked yourself yet. Because the price you have to pay currently to go full time in this podcast is a very painful price. Do you understand? You're not really willing to pay that one right now. So great, but you have to know what the price is to see if you're willing to pay it. And that's when I couldn't get my book done, there was a big price I had to pay. I had to be willing that currently in my life, I could control my life. I had a group of people. I worked with a few 10, 20, 30,000 people a year. I controlled the environment. They came to my courses. I knew kind of who they were. Then when I get the book out, average sucks. Shit, it's everywhere. It's in India. People are buying it in India. People are buying it in Scotland. People are buying it in, in every, every city in London. They're buying it in Germany. Russians are buying the book. It's crazy. It's everywhere. I'm, 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 I'm vulnerable now. Am I willing to pay the price that people aren't going to like me? So I went from 99.9% success rate in my little pond to, uh-oh, what if it doesn't work? And guess what? You got to put yourself out there and you got to ask yourself, are you willing to pay the price? Because that makes a lot of sense. Because when I first started, I was like getting some good feedback. And then I interviewed a guy called uh, Elliot Hulse, and he put it onto his YouTube channel as well. And I remember there was all these comments, and people going, oh, great, a Scottish podcaster, and oh, he's really good. And then there was like maybe three were like, I don't like this guy, or he's really too shy or something. And I remember those were the ones that really hit me. 
not the thousands coming to my site from him and or the the other amazing people I've interviewed. And I think that's the thing. It's I've hidden back. It's not that I'm not good at social media, like I'm telling myself. I'm scared of stepping out into the light. Yeah. If you step out, you will be met with those. And this is one thing I learned a long time ago is the brain will hold on to negative longer than a positive because it doesn't want you to experience anymore. The media knows this. That's why during the whole COVID crisis, COVID, 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 political unrest, Black Lives Matter, political unrest, blah, 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 all of it over and over and over again because it's scary and negative. They know that that lasts longer. So when you drive by a car wreck and you see it, you want to memorize the whole thing so you don't actually put yourself in that position. When you have a good experience, your brain remembers it for a couple of minutes because it isn't necessary to remember a good experience. It's really remember necessary to remember a bad experience. Because remember, your brain's main function is to keep you alive, to look for advantages to make your life better, and to avoid anything that's mildly uncomfortable. That is your brain's main function. So if if we make that acceptance that, you know, that we're not where we want to be, that we start the work, you know, we start the change, we, you know, we, we start getting clinical, we remove the emotion, all these sort of things. Once we start that new average, how do we then make sure we're not at the, you know, like a top line of our old average? How do we make sure we keep changing? How do we, we keep evolving, keep being yeah. developing? Got it. Okay. So this is where the change comes in. And this is the one thing I do, and I, I really highly recommend if you're still listening to anybody to this point, I make no money telling you this. I mean, we just want to help as many people as we can. Check out our call to action program, calltoactiontime.com. And the reason is, I'll explain this in a minute, but you need to commit to a couple of days that you're going to do this. And it's over the phone. It's, it's amazing. But here's the deal. Whenever you say, I want more, you've got to understand the difference between a want and a dream. And the difference between a want and a dream is really, do you want a ladder to get to the top of the building or do you want to just have a top of the building? And most people are not really, they just want the top of the building. They want the penthouse, but they don't really think about building an elevator or a staircase to get there. And that's our wants. So we need to visit our wants and be willing to work on the part that we need to work on. So let's just say that your next step, you want to go full-time in the podcast. Do you have an assistant right now? I've contemplated, but not. What's I up? About, I thought about a virtual assistant and okay. stuff like that. So that would be a next step, correct? Yeah. So I want an assistant. I will start with a virtual assistant, but I want an assistant. If you get an assistant, it'll force you to make more money and make this thing more real, correct? Yeah. It's easier to dream about being Joe Rogan than it is to go get an assistant. It's easier to get the assistant, but it's not sexy to go get the assistant. It's sexy to dream about being go Joe Rogan. So the first step is to leave your box and build a new average for yourself. Now I'm Ian with a podcast and an incredible job. That's venture capitalist, build my business. And I have an assistant. Huh? That's a rung on the ladder, isn't it? You getting this? Mm -hmm. Cause I was using that excuse of, Oh, I would then have to go make money and I couldn't guarantee I could pay her salary or, well, you know, more money, buddy. And then you'd say to her or him, the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to figure out how many impressions and stuff we need to get advertisers and let's get three good advertisers on. Here's a good place to start. Talk to a few people. We'll get a couple affiliates in place and then you're basically going to get her to pay her own salary. Ding, ding, ding. You're getting this, aren't you, buddy? Definitely. It all makes sense when you remove that emotion when... And it's like you say, it's when you actually look at the language you're wrapping things up in and actually take out the emotion and, you know, 
put them into the different categories. Let, and see. Letting the outsider see your life. If you hired me as a consultant to work on your life, I'd see it from the outside. And I, I wouldn't be emotional about it. It's like the mafia, right? You know, you've seen Sopranos, right? The Godfather, all those movies, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For my people, right? So that's what we do. And um, so bottom line is what they do is they get a guy that's got no association to whack the guy out. So imagine you like from an outsider's perspective, who's this guy in? Oh my God. He's got this great accent. He's got great guests. He's got a great name for a show. He's incredible. He's got the money to fund it. This guy's incredible. That's what an outsider would say. And he's being lazy and he's not following through to the level he needs. What's wrong with this Ian guy, right? That's what (laughs) the outsider would say. What Ian would say is, well... I don't know. And you sound like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. The outsider would be Tigger. You got it all excited. I know you know Pooh and Tigger, don't you? So oh, yeah. The point is, the outsider would Tigger your ass, and you're being Eeyore about it, and you're missing it. Outsider's perspective. That's that's why personal development works so well. It's allowing yourself to see it from an outside perspective. I love that. I've, I've never actually heard those characters used for social development, and that just makes perfect sense. And I, that's what I love about these is when I come away with a statement like that, that just links, that's just cuts into your brain and you just remember it in every situation. Yep. Yep. I just, I, that just blew me away. I was just in there just now going, Jesus, that's just like every time I do something, I'm like, is it a take or an e or off? That's, this is why I was blown away by your material. It's, it's you know we barely touched the surface. I mean, I would love to go in for another three or four hours on this yeah, stuff. We're gonna have to do another one of these because I feel like we're just touching the surface. I mean, I know we're just coming up to the hour just now, but I mean, what when you're sort of looking back at this, you know, has your the book helped you in any other way? Kind of come to terms with something, another version, like another previous average that you were holding on to that you hadn't sort of averaged up. Yep. A, I'm an author now. B, it's a new, new, it's a new identity. I'm an author. Correct. I'm an author. Big thing. Mm-hmm. My buddy Tucker Max helped me get the book done. I don't know if you know Tucker Max with Scribe. Oh, yeah. The, the asshole, what do you call him? Uh, he calls himself the asshole or something. Yeah, well, the, the white assholes win or whatever it is. And uh, they serve beer in hell. And oh, uh, yeah, that's it. The beer in hell. And I've got, I've got, I've got his book somewhere. He's a nice guy. He's married. He's got a bunch of kids. One of my one of my dear friends, right? And never thought you'd have kids after reading that book. I yeah, know, but but we all grow <laughs> up. We all we all grow up. Like, his wife's amazing, and um, and um, where am I going with this? Uh, you said something that made me trigger Tucker. What was it? Um, there was something you said a second ago, and I and I. Oh, sorry. It was like about you know how has the book has oh, the book helped you come to terms with anything else. I said, you got this thing that helps people get books done. You help publish my book. The first thing you need to get people over the idea is that they can be an author. So I'm Michael, I'm an author. So now I'm an author. And the thing is the book allows me to be in more places at once. And I, I love it. So average sucks. The book's amazing. Here's, here's why I wrote the book, right? I wanted to write something that was a real physical book. It's gorgeous. We put a lot of money into the cover, how it looks. The Kindle's great too. But we wrote a book that was written for people with ADD like me, total hyper, that could finish it in three hours and get a shift in their life. So I've had a thousand people or more out of the about almost 10,000 people that got the book that have already written me back and said, Michael, I finished it. How many people do you know that finish a book? They're finishing it in three hours. And it's not short. It's a couple hundred pages, right? And the point is, it's written to be read, digested, and used. So the book is like me sitting next to you or laying next to you, as weird as that sounds, right? And um, depending where you're at, and telling you a story about your life, not mine. 
I wrote it to stop being selfish because I was holding a book inside and I was being an asshole by not getting it out to the world. Well, I love that. And I think that's kind of one of the part of the reason I started the podcast where I felt like I could give out more. Yes. You know, I could give, I could help people with advice and stuff. And I'm still holding them back. And I know I'm probably not serving people as well as I could because I'm holding on to aspects of that. You know, I'm still letting the, the, the younger Ian, uh, you know, sort of play on the, play on the pitch. Let him rather die. Than, Let him die. Because uh, I some I see that myself sometimes going, yeah, that's the old version of me, or that's the childish version. You know, I, I can catch myself sometimes, and I've noticed I've definitely kind of analyzed things a lot more since I've started reading your stuff. I didn't, I didn't write it to, I didn't write Average Sucks, and I recommend anybody go to averagesucks.com. You can get it on Amazon. Your listeners are all over the world, right? Uh, worldwide doesn't want worldwide. Find it in your local market, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, whatever your Amazon is. And then go to averagesucks.com and I'm giving away eight audios that you can listen to. And also I'm giving away my call to action program. It's a $600 program, calltoactiontime.com. It's not a lead thing. It's literally, I'm giving away a class because why would you want to talk about what I can do? Why don't you experience it for five days? If you like it, maybe you do some more stuff with me, but literally five days, I'm going to work with you live, just like I'm working with Ian right now with a group of people, man. It is badass to say the least. I've been doing it live since 2003. And uh, the only success story it's missing is all of your guys's. Because just listening to your YouTube, listening to your podcast, the free content, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> that, it was almost scary because I thought this might mean I actually have to make the changes. You know what I mean? It's, it's easier to buy a book to say I'm going to change. I'm going to be friends afterwards. I'm, I, I'm an <laughs> friend. Oh no! no but if if you're willing to tackle my BS, you're you're, you're, you're in for a long ride. Like, yep. but well, we've definitely got to have round two because I know we're coming to an hour. But I mean, how do people find you on the social media? You know, because I feel like we've just kind of started tapping into it, and there's so many offset questions about this I need to ask. But, we're everywhere, man. You can find me online, Michael Burnoff, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. But spend time working with me. Go to calltoactiontime.com with a two or a T-O and take take a risk. Spend a couple minutes with me. Spend a couple minutes filling out a form. See what we got going on. And um, we'll go on an adventure together. Like I could, you could play on the outside and go watch all my stuff. Check out my podcast, Average Sucks. But definitely get the book because if one thing I learned years ago is if you could spend 20, 30 bucks on a book and turn it into $60, that's genius. Most people could turn it into $6,000 in happiness, better quality of life and money in 90 days. Some people are going to turn it into $60,000 worth of happiness, better body, more money, quality of life, whatever it is your, your desire is. Just go into it whatever you want. And if worse comes to worse, you turn 20 into 20. Well, that's a hell of an investment. You didn't lose anything. Not a bad place to start. So step up, show up and do something. And if you like my style, Come find me, man. You know where to find me. I'm not going to convince you to have a better life. You got to do the convincing that you matter. You matter. We'll do this. And I know a lot of people are going to take you up on that because I'm just, I'm sitting here speechless thinking you've just kind of unraveled a lot of shit that I was holding on to because it let me play small, play safe. Yeah, we can't, we can't do that anymore, dude. We Listen, I got an angel of death on my right shoulder and one on my left and one on my right. I have no angel. I have no angel. I have the happiness and the light in front of me. You look back, you're going to die. See, everyone's like, oh my God, Corona. Dude, Corona's not scary. 
you know what's scary? Birth. Birth means you will die. Do you understand? So we only have much time on this earth. So, so birth is guaranteed death. Do you understand? We will die. So stop being scared of Corona. Stop being scared of business. I'd be scared of birth. Birth will kill you. Do you understand what I just said? Uh, you're second you're, bar- you're born, the clock started. And Dude. I think we forget that. Yep. Clock's ticking, buddy. And I have no idea when. Look to your left, angel of death. Look to your right, angel of death. Get going. Well, that's it for another week. And thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.